The League of Legends betting podcast is brought to you by my patrons at patreon.com slash LOL. There you can find bonus content like in-depth articles on macro trend analysis and league previews, as well as thoughts on breaking news and the podcast picks before the show is released to platforms. You also get to support your creators more directly. Patreon.com slash LOL. That's G-E-L-A-T-I-L-O-L. Good day, everybody. Happy Friday. Getting ready for the weekend. We got Super Bowl weekend for those sports fans out there. Uh, just going to do a quick recap of the LPL from Wednesday morning. We had RNG versus IG. Uh, we had IG stake in this one. Um, game one was a pretty lopsided RNG stomp. Uh, <laughs> Ming had a really, really impressive uh, Leona game. He picked up uh, 19 assists on 24 total kills. Oh, he also had one of the kills, too. So 20 out of 24 kill participation on Leona is actually surprisingly difficult to do. Great game from uh, the all-time great there. Game two was looking pretty in hand for RNG. They picked the, they had a like a four thousand gold lead around the fifteen minute mark, which loses something like you know less than one percent of the time in the LPL uh, over the last three years. But they got a little bit sloppy in the mid game. They overstayed in a few spots. IG kind of clawed the gold back, kept it within you know a couple thousand, and um, that gave Senna some more time to scale. But the real star of the show in this game was You Should Know Me on Jax. He just went absolutely nuclear in this one. Hard carried a few of these late fights. And, um, yeah, he he's the best player on this team with margin. It's not even close. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> he he put the team on his back in this one. Uh, they had no business winning this game. It was more RNG screwed up. But, anyway. Get this kid on a good team, please. I'm, I'm, I'm begging you, IG. Let him go. You can't. <laughs> anyway, game three was like another hilarious comeback win from Invictus, who they, they straight up cheated death twice in this series. Th- this was looking like I was going to be an idiot, and this was just going to be a 2-0. Like I kind of t- I talked about going into Wednesday's slate, but um, it did not go down the way I thought it would. It was literally looking like it was going to be a clean RNG stomp in like under an hour. And uh, it quickly turned on his head, but you know what? That we we get that you get that once in a while. It's not crazy. Um, I'm not gonna lie. This sort of shakes some of my confidence that I had in RNG, but I also understand that it's early in the season, and even pretty good teams can look sloppy this early. More on that in a minute. Got the win um, for our wagers, but I gotta say, I absolutely didn't deserve this one. Definitely got lucky. Next up, we had another just. Absolute shit show. <laughs> uh, top esports versus Weibo Gaming. Top completely obliterated the first game of this match. The second was yet another ridiculous throw. Welcome to the LPL, folks. This time by Weibo, they amassed a ridiculous gold lead. <laughs> Stacked three dragons in the first 20 minutes. They had like a 24-minute mountain soul in this game and like a 5,000 gold lead. But um, once, so they, they, I think they, they picked up Baron. I might be misremembering this because I didn't write it on my notes, but um, so they picked up Baron, and they were doing like their their four one split to siege the base to get the tower gold. They got a little bit disjointed. Zhao Hu got picked off in the bottom lane because he was the one splitting solo, and um, they kind of dogpiled on the fight afterwards. Which I you know I don't hate the decision just because they were up in like they were so far ahead that they can probably just like wallet slap this and win. Um, so the, the ensuing fight happens. Just a ridiculously close fight. Uh, our, uh, 
Weibo didn't really have the best target selection in this one. And because of that, it came down to the wire and Top Esports ended up pulling out the getting the, the full ace. Um three six nine picked up a quadra on Rumble and in an instant, you know, they they picked that up, they get all that shutdown gold, they were able to go reset and then head over to the Baron and pick up the Baron, use the Baron to pick up some tower gold, getting neutral objective gold that they didn't have getting the, uh, what's it called? The, the bonus that they give you now for this, uh, the bounty. And this literally went from a Weibo with a 5,000 plus gold lead to top esports with a 3000 plus gold lead in about seven and a half minutes, which is, I mean, like ever since they put objective bounties into the game a couple years ago, like this is just how it happens. Like you there once in a while, you will see games like this and it doesn't happen very often, but we got to see a couple wild ones in uh back to back, today um you know top ended up using using that baron and all the new gold they got to to set up for elder they made a quick pick off of um who was it they picked off the ad carry i think it was uh they picked off light and um on on the elder approach ended up picking up the elder and just winning the game with it just you know i i straight up should have lost both these wagers today like, like I should have lost like the top sweep because game two they should have lost, and really, IG Invictus should have been swept two zero. And you know sometimes it's better lucky than good, I guess, but that's how it goes. All right, moving on to the LEC playoffs. Uh, this is the last match of round one, but they're doing round one and two on um, the same weekend because they split it three days, so one of them's got to be the odd one out. Um. Actually, I think this is round two, technically, for these teams because they both lost in the first round. But I, I, whatever, it doesn't matter. We have playoffs on Saturday. That's all you need to know. Um, we have SK or we have Heretics minus one forty-five on the money line, minus one point five maps at plus two twenty, plus one point five at pl- uh, minus four sixty-nine against SK Gaming plus one twenty, plus one point five maps at minus two seventy-seven, the minus one point five maps at plus three forty-seven. So I mentioned in the Patreon write-up that. SK Gaming have sort of turned into a weird version of Fun Plus in the LEC, except that it's not every game. It's not every game super volatile. It's in their win-loss splits. Like, SK Gaming have not been winning very quickly in most of their games, but they've been losing extremely quickly in most of their games, despite half their losses grading as quality losses. So, you know, the last few matches in particular, they've just been completely steamrolled in the early game. I kind of wanted to look into this because it looked really, really bizarre to me when I was just looking through their, their data. And, you know, having I had to, like, refresh myself a little bit because, again, I, I like, reviewed a bajillion games that Monday I got back from traveling last weekend. And this was in that group. So I kind of had to refresh myself in a lot of the games that happened last weekend. And something I straight up just missed the first time. You usually I I tend to trust my first read on things, like to not overcomplicate things. But I straight up just like it just didn't register in my head. Um, the first game in this last series, they blind picked Lucian Nami and then got countered with Varus Ash. So they they blind picked Lucian Nami and then left Varus and Ash both up. Usually you see one of them banned out. Varus Ash is, in my opinion, it's like the best lane in the game, at least in pro play. It's like the most punishing. It's so annoying to play against. It's ridiculously strong early, and it scales pretty well. And 
it's a weird it's one of those weird lanes where if the ash ends up getting kills it actually makes it worse for you for the first like 20 minutes of the game and they blind pick Lucianami into it and got completely stomped and like you absolutely need jungle help in that situation but they just couldn't do it with like how the rest of their draft was set up so the bot lane was just left out to dry and they couldn't do anything about it it was it was just straight up it was just a bungle draft it was a bad draft and i think they realized that pretty quickly and they got they got rolled second game they didn't blind pick Lucian Nami. They ended up taking, um, I forget the order it happened in, but they ended up with Varus Callista, and Vitality ended up countering with, like, uh, or they played, uh, it wasn't Varus Callista. They tried um, Varus Renata, I'm sorry. I always say Callista with Renata because uh, the two of them go together so often. But um, they tried Varus Renata to split up uh, Renata Callista, and they got Callista Leonid, which is, like, a lane that Varus Renata can win. And they can be in control of, but if the jungle pressure is influential on it, then, you know, jungle pressure on Leona lanes is very, very good because Leona has just the best gank assist that there is, basically. So, um, yeah, Callista and Leona got ahead early. Um, Hilly and Karzi flipped heads twice. We talked about this with this team. Like, there's going to be games where that's an insanely volatile bottom lane, but there's going to be games where the two of them play very very well or they both flip heads or they're both on for a game and one's not inting if neither of them are inting that's an incredibly good bottom lane and you know i've talked about this ad nauseum at this point but um they're gonna have games like this where they just flip two heads or the jungle pressure influences them and they end up getting there and that's what happened here so um you know i i looked back on this series and i i didn't really give it its due last week because i was digesting too many things at once and um I have to say, like, the top trio for SK played pretty well in this series, but the bottom lane just got smashed so bad that, like, they had really, they had, like, no chance at winning any of these games. So, with that in mind, I actually think there's some pretty easy adjustments for SK to make in draft to not let this happen again. I mean, you could look at this as a concern, like, the beginning of a trend or beginning of a bad habit kind of thing, but I'm going to opt to think that they can they can make some pretty easy adjustments here. Heretics played against BDS last game or last week, and if we have learned anything, it's that BDS are in just really, really good form right now. It's they're not just the top lane cheese team anymore, like I've talked about. Um, they just look good, and they keep getting better. So I think they're legit good. They did have kind of a close game too against BDS, but their comp was like an all-in early game team, and they just couldn't get anything going. So they were going to get outscaled regardless in that one. Uh, my models made this a pick 'em. Uh, actually they made SK small favorites, but, um, you know, I, I had to go back and like look over a lot of this stuff because that, that looked a little funky to me given that SK had been kind of bodied in a lot of their games recently. Um, the, to me, this, this match comes down to, so like SK are a good team if the game is at parity. Like if you don't blow the game out early against them, then they can beat anybody, right? Like they've shown that and they have good, they have good, uh, mid and late game decision making. I credit Niski with a lot of that, but it's not just that. But they they've just been good as a team, right? And the top trio is very very good. Now, if they can keep the bottom lane stable, they'll be fine. And I think against Heretics, they're going to be able to do that. Heretics haven't really been able to consistently get big leads on anyone early. They're not a good early game team. They're a lot like SK, where they're going to bank on their veterancy and good decision making in the mid and late game, and just try to be stable early. So I think these are going to be slow starting games and 
they're just going to be coin flip games. I, I think that's what this boils down to. So coin flip series, coin flip games. I played uh, the underdog at plus 119. I played SK on the money line, plus 119 for one unit. SK to sweep, minus 1.5 maps, so plus 345 for a quarter unit. I also played the over 4.5 dragons at minus 130 on maps one and two for one unit each. Going against my model recommendation here, again, SK lose pretty quickly, so this could lose, but Heretics aren't exactly a fast-starting team, and really neither are SK, so I think two or three of these games are going to end up going pretty long. So um, I actually laid the price, and I, don't, I rarely do that unless I think there's a good edge on it, and qualitatively I like the advantage here, so that's what I played. Next up, we've got Giantex, plus 117 on the money line, plus 1.5 maps at minus 269, minus 1.5 at plus 344. Against Mad Lions Koi, minus 142 on the money line, minus 1.5 maps at plus 213, plus 1.5 at minus 463. So both these teams kind of had the unfortunate draw of having to face the two, you know, battle-hardened veteran teams in G2 and Fnatic last week. They both got kind of stomped pretty decisively in both games um we've seen some really really wild creative drafts from ad lions i love that it shows that they're confident um they haven't seemed to mind doing the weird stuff in the playoffs either um so i'll i'm just gonna cut right to it here so the models made mad lions significantly bigger favorites here and i happen to agree with that um I played Mad Lions Moneyline minus 142 for a double stake, two units, and the minus 1.5 maps at plus 213 for a half unit. I just think, so Giant X have only had a lead at 20 minutes in one game this season, a single game, and that's any lead whatsoever. They haven't been getting completely blown out. Like, they're not getting demolished in the first 10 minutes of games, but, like, they're consistently down big, you know, as we get toward the mid game, like around the 20 minute mark, they're very consistently down big. And, you know, more than a third of their games are effectively over around the 20 minute mark, like before we even get there. And that's a problem. You're not getting leads and you're constantly operating from a, a play, a position of disadvantage. That's a, that's a problem. Like even, even in a meta game like this, where you can play the, no, we're just scaling bro kind of stuff. Um, and I'll give Giant X credit. They've looked pretty stable in the mid and late game for a relatively young team, which is you, Giant X are really kind of the opposite of what you normally see from these younger teams where they're good early and they just kind of like lose their way in the mid game. Giant X actually, they actually do know how to close games out and they've, they're pretty good in the late mid and late game. It's just that they're always operating from behind in those situations and mid lines aren't necessarily going bananas jumping out on people and sometimes they get stomped too but like they've really they've they've had a few games where they've just like really blown people out in the early game and I think between that and the weird counter picks and the weird drafts that they have it's just a lot for a team like Giant X to digest and I have a tough time seeing them remain as disciplined as some of these veteran more experienced teams did in in the light of some weird picks that I think we're likely to see here I think Mad have been the better team. I think Mad have more upside. I don't think Giant X is awful, but all their numbers say that they are. Um, they, their eye, t- like visually, they don't look bad to me, but their numbers say that they're terrible. Um, I don't know. I, I just think I think Mad are just a better team, and they should be bigger favorites than this. They, like, they should probably be in the minus two hundred or so range if I had to make a price on it, and you know. The models actually made it more more aggressively priced than that if you average the two of them. 
But um, I think minus 142 is an absolute bargain, even, you know, without side choice. So I played that. I'm not playing any derivatives in this one. I know people have been playing kill total overs in mad games because they've been just like, they're averaging like 30 plus kills a game. But Giant X have been a dead nut under team. They're averaging like less than 25 kills a game. And a lot of times they just get steamrolled early so the games aren't close. So I wouldn't play... I wouldn't play any kill total overs. I would lean derivative unders, but that's kind of like double dipping on mad lines to win these games because I think they're going to win them pretty quickly. Um, instead of doing that or on a time total under, I'm just playing a double stake on the mad line side, not to pay VIG twice. So, all right, that's going to be it for me. I'm actually going to be doing a separate podcast with the LCS. I got kind of hung up on some stuff this afternoon. I had a couple circumstances come up that I did not expect and I was on a time frame and didn't get them done. So what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be... Um, updating the Patreon and recording a separate podcast for the LCS on Saturday, later on Friday night or early on Saturday morning. I will hope to see you then and good luck with the LEC tomorrow.